what most people fail to realize is when they do that, they need to commit to it for five years or 10 years. Like I'm going to, this is my stake in the ground. This is how I'm going to develop business. I'm going to get so good at it that it's such a system and it's so predictable that I know my business will grow and I won't have to worry about that anymore. You're listening to the Client Catching Podcast, the show that uncovers how high-performing service-based business leaders are successfully navigating the ocean of complexity around growing their business. Now, as anyone with the talent and guts to start a business knows, it takes a lot more to grow one than just being great at what you do, and you can't do it alone. So this podcast will show you how other captains of their own ship, just like you, have found the right strategy to catch more clients, simplified everything, and transform their business. So if you're ready to do the same, then jump aboard and join me, Adam King, host and the captain at Think Like a Fish, and let's go fishing. Hey, this is Adam, and thanks very much for listening to the Client Catching Podcast. Now, as you're here, I'm assuming that you're looking for ideas to help you win your clients and grow your business. Otherwise, you'd probably be listening to a different podcast, right? So look, while everything that my guests and I talk about can work if they're done properly, there are some growth strategies that are meant for different businesses at different stages of growth. So they're not necessarily all suitable for everyone. Problem is, how do you know which ones to use for your business? Well, that's why I've created the Business Growth Stage Scorecard at thinklikeafish.co.uk slash growth scorecard. This will measure you against three key accelerators of growth and identify the solutions and action steps that you can take specific for the stage that you're in right now. So all you need to do is answer a few simple multiple choice questions that will take you less than four minutes to do. So go to thinklikeafish.co.uk slash growth scorecard and discover the right growth strategies for your specific stage of business. Okay, let's get back to the show. Welcome to the Client Catching Podcast. Now, let me ask you a question. Has a client ever said something to you along the lines of, you're so good at what you do, more people really need to know about your work, to which you let out this weird little uneasy laugh and go, (laughs) thanks, but secretly in your head, you're thinking, why haven't you referred anyone to me then? I mean, you could have just asked, right? But you don't, because that feels a bit too salesy. You're a professional and all that sales stuff, it's, it's a bit pushy, isn't it? And look, like, like a lot of us that start a service business that serves clients, you probably did it because you want to help people, you've got a great skill set, and you're really, really good at it. And that's one that will allow you to make a positive impact both on your clients and your own life. But unfortunately, you can't simply be good at what you do and expect clients just to turn up or have the referrals come in when you really, really need that client, right? You have to be able to attract great clients with your marketing and that marketing needs to make selling less, well, I guess, salesy, right? Otherwise, you find yourself in professional purgatory, drifting on a notion of obscurity and competing on price with all of the bottom feeders. So if you're finding yourself here a little bit too often, you're really going to enjoy today's episode because this interview... I'm really excited about. I'm talking to a true master when it comes to growing a successful value-focused service firm without needing to be a hardcore closer or literally undergo a personality transplant. He is the best-selling author of 
the Exponential Networking Strategy and Unstoppable Referrals. He's the host of the excellent, and I might add excellent because I listen to this show and it's why I'm very excited to have him on, uh, Unstoppable CEO Podcast, and he's written over 400 articles on marketing specifically for service businesses. Now, through his firm, Unstoppable CEO, he helps service business entrepreneurs create leverage marketing systems so they can spend less time on business development and more on the t- or more time on the things that matter. So if you want to know how to get great clients at premium fees and do it in an authoritative way without having to be all salesy, you're going to absolutely love what my guest today, Steve Gordon, has to say. Steve, welcome to the Client Catching Podcast. Hey, Adam. Great to be here. Great to see everybody live on Facebook. And uh, hello to everybody who's listening to the recording, which I imagine will be most people. But uh, I'm excited to be here. I, I was listening to that that intro. I'm like, who, man, who is this amazing guest? I can't wait. But uh, thank you. That was very, very gracious. I um, I am a listener to the uh, to the show. Um, I can't remember. I think it may have been one of the previous guests um, that uh, put me on to you, either either Nina or Dov, who we have in uh, in common as as um, yeah, acquaintances, guests, and uh, I like to call friends. So um, you have been doing this for a while now in the the sort of service game. You know how to uh, sell and market services. How long have you been doing this now? Gosh, longer longer than I'd like to admit, but uh, 25 years now. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, it's a long time. Uh, it's a little bit longer than me, although you, know, you, you wouldn't be able to tell. you. <laughs> oh, you, you can tell by the gray hair, definitely. <laughs> you can tell by the gray hair. Well, it's just good lighting here. That's what it is. Over that period of time then, 25 years, what, do you, what would you say is the most surprising thing about your career? Uh, that I'm such a slow learner. <laughs> because all, all of the things that, you know, that we're going to talk about a lot today in terms of getting clients. And um, for most people, I think there are going to be a lot of kind of head slapping, like, oh, I should have known that moments as we go through this. And, and that's because I've had a lot of those over my career. Um, you know, first of all, getting clients for service businesses is dramatically different than trying to go sell someone a product. And so much of what's out there in terms of the training and the books and the education is really geared towards people who are selling products. And it's, it's really different when, you know, you are the salesperson and then you make the sale and you got to go run in the phone booth, put on your Superman cape and come out as the, the super consultant you know, and advise your client to go do something and make a difficult decision. And it's very hard to make that transition uh, and, and then fulfill all the other roles that you have in the business. So it's just a different animal. And I think the surprise for me was in how ineffective a lot of the, the stuff that I read early on in my career was at actually getting clients and the stuff that works was stuff that I kind of already knew. It was, you know, a lot of it's just based around being a good human being and human nature. So, uh, and we'll get into a lot of that as we go. Yeah, it's it's amazing how um, an awful lot of common sense applies to specifically serving uh, clients and and marketing, selling, a, you know, a client led business. And yet, for some reason, when it comes to right, I've got to figure out how to sell and market it, you become almost a completely different person. It's almost like you've had that transplant of personality that I referred to at the beginning, and you suddenly think that you have to become Jordan Belford or something, or uh, you know Wolf of Wall Street, and become this ridiculous closer. Whereas actually, you need to have a conversation with people to 
uncover their their challenges, issues, problems. And I, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but it's all about building trust, isn't it? Oh, I think that's fundamental to it. I mean, if you think about what we're asking people to do in in most of our businesses, we're asking them to come and invest a pretty significant amount of money to work with us so that we can solve what should be a pretty significant problem for them. And because it's a significant problem and it's important to them, that requires a great deal of trust, you know, because when they come and work with us, it means they're likely not able to work with someone else. They're, you know, they're making a decision that this is my person and this is my solution. And they're, you know, they're putting their time and their energy and their money behind that when they become a client. And, uh, and that's a big deal. Um, and I think we don't pay enough attention to that. It's very easy to kind of become inwardly focused on, I want clients, I need clients, I have this great value and all of that. But when you put yourself in the shoes of the client and the decision that they're trying to make, uh, you quickly realize that, that it's not a trivial thing. And if you haven't done the work that, that you need to do and that frankly you're responsible for doing as, as the service provider, as the business owner, to build that trust, then you're making the whole game a whole lot more difficult than it needs to be. Mm. And yeah, the word trust is is key. Um, and I also think there's there's so much risk inherent in making a decision over, especially I mean, the kind of clients that you work with as well. There's a lot of risk to making the wrong decision. And so- There is, yeah. I mean, how do you go around marketing and selling a service that sort of tackles both of those issues, the trust issue and the risk issue that, that people face? Well, so there are different kinds of risks, right? So for most of us, we're expert at what we do and the clients that hire us are not at all. In fact, the clients that hire us aren't even qualified to judge between our solution and the, you know, the competitor's solution most of the time. Um, you know, great, great example of this is we work with a lot of financial advisors and, um, and we work with some that are really playing at the very top of the game, uh, leading the nation. And when I, I mean, one of them is a client of ours and I'm a client of his. And when I go and meet with him, He's mapping out all this stuff and showing me all of it. And he does a really good job of, of kind of boiling it down so I can understand it. But before I started working with him, I couldn't tell you if he was better or the 50 other people in my network that do that same thing were better. I had no way to know. They all have like this alphabet soup of letters after the, their name. I joke with him. You got more letters after your name than in your name, right? So we, we like to load up these qualifications as professionals which we all think is what's going to make the difference. But really, that's just the ticket to the dance. That gets us in the door. That tells our clients that, well, this person's minimally competent. You know, he's been deemed by, uh, by either the government or some association to be minimally competent. That's what a certification is. It's you're, you hit the low bar, right? But they don't know who is shooting at the high bar. And it's our job to be able to, to communicate that um, and, and, uh, and do that over time. And so the first risk that they have is, well, who do I trust? And how do I tell? Because I don't know enough about the technical workings of what they're going to do for me 
to be able to judge. So now it comes down to silly things like personality. Do I like them? You know, do they put forth the right image? Do they seem to have authority? So, and whether or not we all agree with, you know, that the decision-making kind of going that route, that's the reality of it. Yeah. Well, because as you say, it's different, isn't it? To, um, you know, selling a product. And as much as we like to think that we've evolved beyond certain things, we are still emotional animals and we do not make every decision based on logic, which is why that price of entry, well, I've got more letters after my name. That means more clients should be coming my way. It doesn't always work like that. Being great at what you do isn't enough. You have to actually demonstrate and also connect. And so, so how do you, how would you sort of go around it? What, what's your, what's your go-to um, approach to building that trust and actually showing and demonstrating that authority that reduces that risk? Well, nobody's going to like my answer. Okay. Nobody likes this answer. It's just the part of the world we live in today, but the answer to it is time. Right. And, and that's kind of the forgotten factor in marketing and in sales really um, is that it, it does actually take time to build a relationship with another human being, whether you're doing it one-on-one or at scale. And we like to shortcut and do things to try and shortcut that time. And that's a very unnatural thing to do. Okay. And that's where you get into high pressure tactics and you need to be, you know, always be closing. And do you have the, the perfect script that, you know, that has that turn of phrase that makes the, the prospect make the decision and see the error in their ways. I mean, those are all great things, I guess, but, um, well for you as a business, well, yeah, but most of the clients we work with don't want to put that much time and effort into the selling process and they don't want to feel slimy about it for sure. Um, and so the way that you get around that is you account for the time and you, you build that into your process. And so, um, so I think that's kind of, that's a change in mindset that people have to have that when I get a lead or a referral now, that they may not mature into a client for three months or six months or nine months or five years. And, I, and I've got to build my business so that it accounts for all of those time horizons because I'm going to invest in creating that prospect, creating that lead. If I'm going to make that investment, why would I waste it and not have a process in place to be there when they're ready to do business? And if I do enough of that, if I generate enough of those leads and I have a process in place that will stay in front of them and nurture a relationship, develop a relationship, show them that I am the authority and frankly, just be the last one standing. I mean, that's what it often comes down to is that most businesses are so bad at follow-up that the ones who really reap the rewards are the ones who build these systems and they're just the last one standing. Yeah. There's a lot to be said for persistence. Absolutely. Um, In fact, you can't see it, but, um, I have a, a quote on my wall and it's, it's my favorite quote. It's actually on the about page of our website, but it's from Calvin Coolidge, who was the 30th president of the United States. And it, you know, effectively says that, um, nothing in the world beats persistence. Talent will not, education will not, uh, wealth will not, nothing beats persistence. And there is no, no truer statement in, in business and in marketing and sales. And so uh, you've got to have a process to do that. Now, the other end of that is you also have to have a system that brings people into your world. And so you've got to have those two things kind of working together. But once you have them, you, you 
really become unbeatable. And it's fun to watch when people get it, you know? Yeah, because I kind of liken it to wherever you are now, whatever results you're seeing, whether you're, you're marketing or you're, you're selling or whatever it is, the results you're seeing, it's, it is a, it is a, it's a combination and uh, an accumulation of all of the effort, time, money, resources that you've invested into how you go out and, and well, I say start conversations. And then, you know, if you've got the systems that sort of go there to back up, but all of those things that you've done over the last week, month, year, two years, longer, in order to, to open up those potential client opportunities. But if those have been inconsistent, your results are going to be inconsistent. And if your results are inconsistent, the number of clients you're going to get, you know, they're inconsistent and also your results are going to be inconsistent. So I think, yeah, persistence and consistency are key. And that's why I know, I know the system that you use is, um, is, is incredibly effective in this regard. Even if it's not the, the sort of system that you use, having a system for the way that you go about your marketing is it's crucial, especially in today's age of crazy technology and you know, so much information coming at us at a million miles an hour where we just you know, a confused mind says no and, and it's hard to stand out. So what is that system? I know I've sort of hinted at it, but do you want to go through the one that you use? Well, so we use... Um... We use a few different things. So I, I look at, at what we do as we're, when we work with a client, we're usually installing the foundation that they need for business development. Um, and often that's all that they ever need is just the foundation. So the, that starts with understanding and having clarity around who you're trying to win as a client. We call it the ideal client. And, um, and, without that clear understanding of who they are and the problems that they face and, and what the appropriate solutions are, what the consequences to those problems are uh, that really have a negative impact on them. Uh, without understanding that, then it's really hard to market to anyone and be effective. So we start there, okay? And then building on top of that, you really need, um, you need three systems. And so we break it down into three things. So on the, the front end of it, we call it the attention getting ladder. And we can talk about some specifics about how you how we do that through referral and how we, we're using podcasts now to do it. Um, so that's the first piece. And, uh, and the second piece is uh, a never-ending follow-up system. And that's that system that sort of holds and nurtures and educates prospects for as long as it takes and does it in a way that's that's scalable, that's leveraged so that it's just as easy to follow up with one person as it is to 100,000. And then the third system is a, a way to convert them into your sales pipeline. And so that starts with what we call a pre-sell presentation that, that is geared to getting them to book an appointment and, um, and then a very simple sales conversation. I'm not a big believer in, in scripts, but really in asking questions and we've got a framework you know, that we teach folks for that. Um, and when you put all three of those pieces in place, you now have really everything that you need. Um, and when you begin to look at, at your business in terms of, or your business development in terms of those three pieces, you, you can now, you have it broken down to a system so you can look at, well, if I improve my lead generation over here on the attention getting louder, I get more attention that's going to lead to more people being in my never ending follow up. Okay. Or well, if I improve how I drive people into my pre-sale presentation who are in my follow-up system, that's going to increase the number of people that I have 
you know, in terms of really qualified clients coming out the end. So, so I think that first you have to look at it in terms of you need those pieces. Now, when we get into specific tactics in each of those, and we can, we can start in any one you want, but normally what we, what we tell our clients is build the, build that middle system first. I was going to ask you, what do you think is the thing that people are missing most and, and has the biggest impact? So you, you, you would say it's the follow-up system that is, is the biggest bang for your buck. Yeah. If you're starting. It's almost, yeah. It's almost always the follow-up system unless you're a brand new business. Okay. If you're a brand new business, you have no network, no database, you don't know anybody on the planet, then, uh, then I would start with lead generation with what we call the attention getting ladder. But Chances are, if you've been in business, you have a list that you've ignored. You have prospects that didn't convert earlier this year, last year, the year before. You have past clients that could become repeat clients. Um, you have people in your network that could refer, but you're not communicating with them. And so often there's low hanging fruit right there. And, and, you know, and so that's, I think that's the place to start. So to get that follow-up going. Now, that's one of the ways we use, if we want to talk about a tactic that's very, very effective right now, it's one of the ways we use a podcast because, you know, to do, so going back pre-internet, we would do a newsletter, right? And those were hard work. You had to write it and then you had to send it out to a printer and get it in the mail and it cost money and lots of people didn't want to do it because it cost money. And then we moved into the internet world and we could do it with email. Well, email is basically free, except that you still have to write it. And most business owners aren't writers. So now we have podcasts where all you have to do is show up and have a conversation like this. And I have yet to meet another adult that owns a business that doesn't know how to hold a conversation. Well, you have them every day, don't you? So you know how to have a conversation. Um, yeah, it just makes sense. Yeah. And uh, yeah, because I mean, I find it, uh, I mean, having this podcast is it's been a complete game changer for me. Uh, number one, because I'm a, a natural introvert, sometimes painfully shy. Um, I've been on that journey and that's why I think that uh, growing a business is as much growing your personal, you know, the personal growth that goes with it, uh, you know, being, you know, doing these lives, um, being in front of a video camera. It's uncomfortable for me, still is, but I push through it. But anyone can have a conversation with someone and produce a, a lot of content and valuable content that they can use for a long, long time in, in all sorts of follow-up. And there's so much you can do with it. But, you know, this this conversation will take us, well, depends how long we uh, we nerd out on this stuff, but, you know, between half an hour and, and 45 minutes. That's your commitment. And that's that's why I think it's a great way of, of, of doing that. Well, and let's, let's take it a step further. So with that same 30 or 45-minute interview, not only are you getting great content that will help you follow up with all the people that are already in your world, but if you do it strategically, in other words, you think about the people that you're inviting to be a guest, they should fall into one of two categories. They should either be a potential client that you would have an otherwise difficult time getting into, uh, or they should be a, a center of influence or a referral partner, you might call them, who will then share that interview as a first and initial referral, but also someone you want to build a relationship with where you can do other things with them to cross promote in the future. And, uh, and, and so if you are focused on interviewing those two types of people, you now also, you know, have this great lead generation or referral creation tool in this podcast 
And, um, and so you get a lot of bang for your buck in, in, in terms of time invested and effort invested. Uh, well, absolutely. You know, it it solves, it doesn't it? It solves some of the biggest challenges that you have as a service business when it comes to marketing. Um, content creation, as you say, most people, they hate to write and you know they've got to sit down and that horrible blank screen and that cursor flashing at them. It's, it's kind of like a real, you know, it's like goading them. It's like, come on then, write something. Um, mm-hmm. and, and write something good that everyone's going to love and you know it has to be a, a bestseller that kind of thing that's that's takes away all of that 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 worry but also how do I open a door you know that whole um, term of um, you need to have a, a, a door opener in this game mm-hmm. most people think that door opening offer should be some sort of low price service where you can kind of sneak in and and you know show that you kind of know what you're doing and, and then sort of upsell from there and that's part of the uh, probably what you referred to earlier around um the kind of advice that people have been given around marketing that doesn't necessarily fit the whole service business model because well if somebody's going to buy a lower price thing at the beginning you're going to have a hell of a job to try and you know really show your value after that because that's not the real value you bring Having a podcast that opens door, com- you know, opens the door conversations with very hard to reach decision makers at times that wouldn't necessarily have picked up the phone or had a conversation with you if you were just going, "Hey, would you like to buy this for a couple of hundred quid?" While I, uh, you know, infiltrate your business and, and try and sort of get in that way. It's it's a very very effective way of doing it. So um, yeah, and coming on then to sort of using that podcast. And then obviously distributing the content and um, what, how, what, how do you then approach it if you have, say, an ideal client that has said, yes, I'm going to come on the podcast. I'm assuming that you don't at the end of the podcast or at the beginning of the podcast suddenly go, right, so this is what I do. And do you want to buy it? I'm assuming that's not the way you go about it. No, that's exactly how we do it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's like um, uh, Helen of Troy and, and, and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Where you, uh, you sneak in while they're sleeping and uh, come out hard fighting or hard pitching. No, I, look, I, sales is all about figuring out where someone else is going in the future and figuring out whether or not you can add value to them in the future. Okay. Um, in, in everything that we do, that's what it's all about. You know, you're, so you're adding value by removing a problem. You're adding value by helping them capture an opportunity that they couldn't get to otherwise. And, and so for you to be able to sell effectively, you need to know where they're going to be in the future, what their goals are. So you've had a podcast interview, you get to the end of the interview. Um, You've just listened to this other business owner share all of their expertise for 30 or 40 minutes. Pretty easy to then say, wow, I really learned a lot about what you do. I had no idea tell me, where do you see yourself in three years? Where do you see the business in three years? What are your big goals? And then just be quiet. And then they'll just, they'll tell you. Okay. And you then, as you're listening to that, you're going to be able to do a couple of things in response because you have a podcast, you're interviewing lots of people, probably lots of influential people. You're going to be able to go, you know, that's really interesting. I think I probably know some people, you know, I interview all kinds of people on this podcast and, and I've got a, a network that's growing. I think there are probably some people who could help you achieve that. 
that I would love to connect you with. And, you know, I don't know if it'll go anywhere or not, but at least you could know them and maybe it'll help. Um, and, you know, I have a couple of ideas. I like to think about it a little bit. What if we got together in a week and we spent maybe 30 minutes and, and I'll come back with a list of people that I think you should connect with and some ideas that I think will help you get there faster. I wouldn't say no to that. <laughs> of course not. Because you're, you're offering to help them, right? Yeah. Which is what sales really is, is if I believe sales is a noble thing, right? But the way most people go about it is, is so out of sync with what I think the reality of it is. So if, if you're truly doing a good job selling, you're serving that person and how do you serve them? Well, you find out what it is they're trying to achieve and you help them achieve that mm. in some way. I think the, the best definition I've ever heard about sales comes from, I think, one of your mentors, um, Dan Sullivan. Yeah. And I'm going to butcher his quote, and maybe you'll remember it and be able to um, uh, correct me. But it's something along the lines of sales is simply showing um, another person that uh, they have a better, bigger, more um, exciting future by following the path that you take. Or, you know, by, by following a solution that you, you offer than if they didn't. Essentially, yeah. Something I mean, like that. That's essentially it, yeah. And um, and I believe in that wholeheartedly. Um, if I look back at all of the times when we've just been able to work with amazing clients, it's because we approached it that way. If I go back and look at all the times that we got nightmare clients, it was because we were out of sync with that. You know, we sold someone on becoming a client mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, and so it's, it's not only better for them, it's better for us, better for our business. Mm -hmm. um, and so if you can get that, you know, get them to open up about their future and truly come back with ideas, you know, when I have that conversation with people, it doesn't always end up, you know, in an opportunity for me to help them um, in terms of, you know, doing business with them. Um, but I can always come back with connections and I can always come back with ideas and more often than not, one of those ideas is, you know, is going to be one where I can see an opportunity where I could help them get there more quickly if they worked with us, if we collaborated. Yeah. What I love about that approach is you're actually not seeing it as someone is in front of you there just to obviously sell to. You're kind yeah. of seeing that person as, as, a, as, as a gateway to mutual opportunity because Absolutely. you have no idea who that person knows. They have no idea who you know that could have a mutual benefit to being connected or, or some way, shape or form or however that works. And so if you approach, I think you covered it a little bit at the beginning. It's, it's like if you go into that and thinking that you have to be uh, this, this um, crazy salesperson and you go into it with that mindset, then if you sell them, you then have to switch that role to become the trusted advisor. That's first of all, hard to do. But second of all, if you did that, Yes, you're going to have a hard client relationship, but you also shut the door on all of that potential opportunity that exists behind it because that person's walking away feeling a bit icky and a bit uncomfortable by the experience. And that's why, yeah, that's that's why I think I've, I've been so sort of drawn towards the way that uh, you approach marketing uh, specifically for service businesses because I don't hear a lot of people talking about it in this way. So when it comes to having influencers or potential um, or, you know, authority figures or something like that. How does that then benefit 
you as the person that's running the podcast as the service business? How how would you then work that? What would you do? With, what would you do with that? Well, I have the same conversation. I want to find out where they're going to go, uh, where they're going to be in three years or uh, two years or whatever it is, and uh, and understand that, and then look for opportunities where I can come in and offer value to their network. Okay, so I want referrals, right, from somebody like that. But I got to understand they have a business to run. They've got all of their own priorities. So unless I figure out how to make myself so valuable that I'm a priority or that I'm helping them achieve one of their priorities, you know, by allowing me to come in and add that value, then I I have no shot at referrals. I'm just begging. Mm -hmm. And I don't like to be in a position of begging. So, you know, we'll look for opportunities, you know, in our business, we look for opportunities where we can do webinars for their audience or for their network. And, you know, I've done them with as few as 10 people and I've done them with as many as 1500 people. And I don't really care because if it's 10 of the right people, that's a good use of an hour. Right. And, um, and so, I mean, we just, um, last or excuse me, this, this past spring, we did a, we had a stretch there where, um, just a, a couple of, I think we had three, uh, podcast guests that agreed to host webinars for us. We generated like 2,600 leads. Uh, and that's without you know, spending and, a single penny on advertising or, or anything like that. That's no, I mean, it cost us probably about $150 because we send all of our podcast guests this box in the mail, which got, has a little gift in it. And, and some materials that, that kind of help them prepare for the podcast. And so, yeah, we spent 150 bucks for all those leads. Hey, that's a hell of a return on investment if there ever was one, right? So, uh, yeah. And I, and we've actually, we've closed out of that group. We've closed four clients, you know, which for us is, I mean, that's about the ratio for us. I mean, mm. when we generate leads on the internet, it's a really small number that comes through. Now, if we talk about referral, those obviously convert much better. And and what you've touched on there is is also something that relates back to the, um, I think the misconception around marketing for service businesses as compared to, you know, the whole, your one funnel away sort of thing, product, you know. It's actually that you said something there. I don't care if it's 10 people, as long as it's 10 of the right people. Mm-hmm. And if those 10 people have been um, referred or endorsed by somebody that they already trust, that's there's an, there's an awful lot of, um, well, there's that trust already that's implied and the risk factor is far, far less in the eyes of the people that are in there. But also, it's your, it's your, it's your pond and you have that opportunity to really build that connection with just 10 people if it's on a webinar. And you don't necessarily have that if you're trying to be like everybody else and get thousands of people on a webinar and you've got questions flying at you all over the place and you can't keep up. That's a really more, that's a much more intimate um, scene there. And the irony is all this sort of marketing online world now is kind of just doing, ultimately it's trying to get to that end point anyway, which is the relationship and a conversation. Getting people chucked in the top of their funnel spending a load of money on advertising, filtering them down. What's that really there to do? It's there to build a re- relationship that somebody then feels enough trust in you to take a risk and become a client. It's kind of the ultimate shortcut for service businesses. It really is. And 
And that's a marketing cliche, but uh, I, I had to throw it in there. I, I don't, uh, I don't disagree with the kind of your one funnel away thing in principle. Um, I'm a big believer that um, you need to have one marketing method and you need to commit to it until you master it. So you had uh, Dove Gordon on and, and as we joked, we're not, you know, he and I aren't related, but I've known him for a long time and uh, I have a tremendous amount of respect for him. And he talks about this idea of mastery a lot. And, um, and that's not something that you hear a lot of in marketing. In marketing, it's what's the next bright, shiny tactic that floats by that we're going to grab. Okay. And, and that is keeping you from getting the results that you want. I'm telling you that right now, that is keeping you from getting the results that you want. It is a lie. Okay. Don't get me thrown out of the marketing union now. All right. Cause I'm going to reveal something here. It all works. Every marketing tactic you've ever heard of, it works. And it worked for the person that's trying to sell you the thousand dollar course on it because they mastered it, but it's not going to work for you unless you master it. So let's say you're a brain surgeon and you want to get patients through Instagram. You could probably make that work, but only if you master it. Okay. Cold calling works. I, I talked to a financial advisor several years ago and, and we didn't take him as a client, but he was in Chicago going around uh, and knocking on, literally knocking on doors in affluent neighborhoods, selling investments. And he was making close to 200 grand a year, which is not a ton in that industry, but it isn't horrible either. So, um, you know, it all works. Yeah. But he mastered that. Yeah. Um, he'd been doing it for years. That's the key. So you got to pick one. You got to make a decision. Well, what, what am I going to do? And, and what most people fail to realize is when they do that, they need to commit to it for five years or 10 years. Like I'm going to, this is my stake in the ground. This is how I'm going to develop business. I'm going to get so good at it that it's such a system and it's so predictable that I know my business will grow and I won't have to worry about that anymore. But when you're doing some LinkedIn posts this week, and then you buy the course on, you know, cold email outreach, and you do that for three or four weeks, and you don't get immediate results. So, you know, then you decide you're going to go to the local networking event, but that doesn't work for you, you know, and then you're going to go to the speaking boot camp. you're never going to get anywhere. So whether you, you know, you look at what we do with referrals and with podcasts and go, that's for me, or you look at somebody else's method, that's great, but pick one, please pick one and go all in because you know it takes uh, by the way i think um you and i would be both in that same circle having been kicked out because you know, it's it's something similar to <laughs> yeah, to, to right. what i say like everything can work um because there are examples of people using pretty much every tactic out there that is doing very well with it however as you say they've mastered it they have spent you know it's taken them 12 24 36 months to become that overnight success that you see right in front of you and they've gone through an awful lot to be able to sort of say, this is the thing that works for me. And it works for them because it suits their personality. It suits their, uh, the structure of their day. It suits the way that they run their business. But it doesn't necessarily mean that it suits you. So you have to kind of ask yourself the question, you know, what is going to be the right thing for me? What suits my personality? And 
then sort of figure out what those tactics are. You know, start with that strategy piece first. As you say, who is my ideal client? What is my offer? Um, how is that unique um, and packaged in a way that is going to appeal to that ideal client? What is the message that I am going to use to attract them and also repel the ones that I don't want? And then what is that system, which is essentially a group of tactics that I'm going to use to consistently deliver that message over and over and over again? That's it. Do you find, though, that some people are they're kind of fearful of making that choice and going all in? Oh, everybody. I think most business owners are feel fearful of it, particularly if they don't view themselves as marketing experts. So they look at all of what we do, just like I described, I looked at the financial advisor. They're confused by it all. And I get that. I completely get that. Um, you know, and so they don't know what to do. They feel like they're supposed to know what to do because they own a business and marketing is a key function, probably the most important function in a business. You know, Peter Drucker said that, that they're really only you know, two jobs of a business, marketing innovation, right? So um, it's important and it's kind of foundational if you want to be successful, you've got to get good at it. But the only way to get good at it is to, to pick a method and, and stay with it and be consistent um, because there are a lot of nuances. I was talking with um, a guy from one of my mastermind groups yesterday and I mean, I've written a book on referrals. I know a thing or two and he, he was telling me, Oh, this is how I, you know, this is, I've changed the way I've, I've worded uh, my referral conversation and now I'm getting all the referrals I can handle. And he described it to me. I was like, Oh my God, that's brilliant. I hadn't thought of that. Hmm. You know? So there's always, you know, I've been focused on this, you know, I wrote the book in 2014. I actually started using the methods that, that we use with our clients in 2012. So seven years, um, we've implemented it with a whole bunch of different businesses and uh, thought I knew it pretty well. And then I just got opened up to something brand new, right? So, so, so sort of coming on to, uh, on to referrals. And, and by the way, are you able to uh, just tell us what that self, uh, referral conversation was? Because I'm kind of, you know, again, it's that whole, right, okay, there's a shiny thing that Steve just mentioned. I kind of want to know. Or maybe some of the listeners. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> that, that, that'll, that'll be put behind our, our next launch. And, and, you know, it'll be a $2,500. And we'll tell you the one thing. Now, um, what he said really simply was, uh, you know, he worked with, with a lot of companies uh, in manufacturing and he was asking them to refer other manufacturers and they didn't want to refer their competitors. And so he said, he stopped asking that and he said, well, who are all of your other advisors? And this guy's a consultant. Who are all of your other advisors? I want to make sure that I coordinate anything that we do with all of them. So who's your attorney? Who's your accountant? You know, and he went through the whole list um, and then, uh, and he'd get all that information because it just seemed natural. And then he'd go reach out to them. And now he's creating a referral network with all of them. Well, with respect to you, Steve, I know one of the things that you talk about is reverse prospecting, which is kind of a bit like that. Mm -hmm. So maybe you've it kind is of- very much, yeah. yeah. not not think, you know, you give yourself the credit that you've kind of thought of that. And, uh, <laughs> you know, you, uh, you're kind of ahead of the curve, maybe. I don't know. Well, but it's just, again, it's a nuance that as- as you focus on something, you begin, those little nuanced things will begin to appear to you and you'll get better and better and better. And I think that that's really the whole point. That is the thing about mastery though, isn't it? Um, and, and what right. you refer to, it's, it's like, I would look at a block of wood or a, a bunch of blocks of wood, right? And think they're blocks of wood. Whereas a master carpenter would look at that same bunch of wood and see a beautiful piece of furniture that's just waiting to you know, come out. Now I can put together Ikea furniture, but I could not craft something out of wood from scratch. 
Because yes, I can use a saw, I can pick one up, I can physically handle it and I can use a hammer and all the rest of it. So I have that ability, but I do not have the mastery that comes from understanding the little nuances required to really carefully craft that beautiful piece of furniture. And it's the same with every single profession in the world. But for some reason, we don't necessarily think that is the same when it comes to marketing and selling. Because maybe we're exposed to so much of it, we just think we know what it's all about. Now, we've probably scared everybody that's watching this or listening to this to death because now they think, I got a master marketing. And there, there are shortcuts, okay? So just like with my, you know, my money, I have a, an expert financial advisor. And for my legal matters, I have an expert attorney. And for my medical matters, I have an expert physician who has, each of them have mastered that domain. And I can buy their expertise. Well, in marketing, you can do that. You know, you can work with somebody like Adam. You can work with somebody like us who will guide you through all of that. And, um, and Adam, I don't know a ton about all the services you offer, but I mean, we've built a team to execute it and you may have done that as well. So that, you know, if you partner with someone like that, they can take your vision for the business. They can ask the right questions. They can help implement at a very high level for you so that you can shortcut the whole process. And so there is hope, you know, and, um, you know, like in anything in life, it's just a matter of, of investing to get the expertise that you need. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I can't remember who it was, but um, there was, there's a famous case of, of, of a, a CEO being in court and uh, he was challenged to answer a question that should have been obvious and he couldn't answer it. And I can't remember who it was. Um, who, who said Henry it. Ford. Henry Ford. There we go. And it was it was a question of like, you know, something. And he just turned around and said, I don't know the answer to that, but it within um, like two minutes, I can, I, I will find you the person who would give me that answer. And that again is, it's, it's a kind of similar way of, way of thinking about it because yeah, we get help in all sorts of other areas, but for some reason, um, and, and I guess that sometimes the marketing industry um, full of sharks sometimes it's it's been guilty by making these overhyped promises and you know, claiming that there is a silver bullet that will just be you know that one tactic is the answer whereas in reality the only silver bullet that there is for marketing is um, you know getting your strategy right and having the discipline to consistently execute it over a long period of time like there is your silver bullet yeah absolutely like if you want your magic bullet, there it is. I've just given it to you. <laughs> the problem is, yeah, nobody wants to buy that magic bullet. No. Nope. Okay. They want to buy all this other stuff that they think is going to be the quick payoff. Right. So like right now in, in uh, high ticket services, which is the, the, the phrase that has been tagged. It's the buzzword, you know, isn't all it? Of this. Right. Yeah. So it's now the four step funnel where you've got Facebook ads that lead to a webinar, that lead to a sales call, that lead to a client. Well, we did that a few years ago, right at the beginning of it. Um, and we stopped. And the reason that we stopped is because um, what we found was while we could get plenty of lead flow, the clients that we were landing were less than ideal clients, not in all cases, but in, in many cases, um, they were less than ideal clients. And if we look back at clients that we acquired that way versus clients that we acquired through our regular channels, the ones that came through the regular channels stick with us for a long time. They have a great, uh, a much greater value to us than the ones that came through there and just went away. So, um, 
And, you know, and you why do you think, think that is, Steve? Just I'm going to ask. Uh, I'm going to sort of put you on the spot and say, uh, ask you why this is, or, or whether you think that one of the reasons is because of that type of marketing. You know, that Facebook ad to funnel to webinar, da da da. Just to get the attention, you have to be almost sensationalist in your claims. Well, you do, and, and that tracks the wrong sort of person in the very, very beginning, and, and repels the one that you actually want to talk to. Well, so that process relies upon pressure and desperation and desperate clients are not usually good clients clients that come in through pressure aren't usually good clients but there are there are three kind of fundamental purchases that are made when you get a client and only one of them involves the the, the exchange of money so the first one is that the client has to buy into the fact that they've got a problem all right we all have problems and, and this is the curse of the professional right that you get educated in something and you see that there are problems out in the world, but you fail to recognize that no one cares enough about those problems to spend a dime on it or a quid. Is that the right term in the UK? Yeah, we can call it quid pound. I don't um, know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, in, you know, in the U S a dime is not very much money, but they're not willing to spend any money on it. Mm. Okay. And, and, you know, you, so you've got to get them to buy into the fact that there's a problem and the problem is big enough to invest in solving. All right. So that's the first sale. They got to buy into that idea. Right. And the second sale is that they have to buy into you that Adam, you're their guy. Right. And if they don't make that, then the likelihood of you making the third sale, which is the one where they give you money now is, is much lower. And it requires then that you take them through a process that is fast and generally high pressure. And uh, it's not that I don't like growing quickly, you know, but I like growing quickly and at a pace that brings me really great clients that stay for a long time because that's how you build an enduring business. So my first company, we had clients that have been with us for 25 years. I mean, we made eight figures off of one client over the course of that time, but maybe, maybe more. Well, yeah, likely more than that. Likely more than that. But that's, that's the, that's the power and the value in, in doing this the right way. Um, yeah. You know, we've all got bills to pay and we all need, you know, the, the, the revenue now and again, but if you do something that brings in the wrong kind of clients, you're going to pay for it in the long term. So I don't know. Do, do you find a way of, of kind of balancing that? Let, let's say someone has just started. Yeah. Would you necessarily advise that they start a podcast and do what you do? Or no. would you suggest doing no. something else? Uh, generally not. Um, we have had some clients who were starting a second business and they wanted to use a podcast as a way to, to go out and do that. And, um, and if you're clear on what you're selling and you're confident there's a market for it, then it can work. Um, but the very first thing that you need to do if you're new and starting out is you need to go sell something to somebody as fast as you possibly can. And unfortunately, the only way to do that is to literally get face to face with a lot of prospects. Okay, because, you know, all of the research tells us that out of every hundred, that 50% are never going to buy ever, no matter how good your offer is, right? So you're going to go talk to 100 and you can cross 50 off the list. You just don't know which 50 yet. All right. Well, out of the rest that remain, you know, maybe you know, 10% are going to buy in the short term. 
Okay, the other 40% of the, the total of 100, the other 40 out of 100 are going to buy at some point, maybe over the next 18, 24 months. And so you're, you're looking for a very small top of the pyramid group. And, and the only way to get there is talk to a lot of people. So what I usually will tell people, because we'll get people that will book a call with me. And I, you know, I love talking with them because I, I hope I give them at least some guidance on, on what direction to go. But the thing that they haven't solved for yet is, do I have the right offer and do I have the right ideal client? If you get those two things done, the rest really becomes pretty easy. Uh, it's when you don't have any clarity around that, that it's, it's very, very difficult. And the only way to get that, it's not, you know, sitting at Starbucks thinking about it. It's getting in front of somebody, making them an offer and seeing if they buy it. And, that, and now you've learned, I have an offer that's sold. Is it the right one? And I have a, a human being that paid me for that offer. You know, I'm one step closer to my ideal client and my offer. And sometimes that just requires good old fashioned pavement pounding or, you know, networking, going to events, as you say, getting upfront personal with people, having conversations and, and doing it that way. In the beginning, that's almost always what it takes. Yeah. And most people don't want to do it. Um, I mean, even if you look at huge companies now, like uh, Samuel Adams Beer Company here in the U.S., um, the, the founder tells the story, Jim, Jim Coke tells the story of uh, literally putting beer in his briefcase, putting a suit and tie on and going from bar to bar in Boston and just seeing if he could get a, a owner of a bar to taste his beer to get it off the ground. Mm. You know, I mean, it just, you have to get that kind of initial velocity, get some cash flow going, validate that you've got the right offer. And then as soon as you feel like you're there, at that point, start building the marketing systems. Mm. I guess the only, the only, um, just, just sort of thinking uh, out loud, the, the way that you, I, I would see using a, a podcast if you didn't have a business was almost a, like if you were, <laughs> almost if you were either funded or you knew that you were going to make the leap in, say, 12 to 18 months. And that way you would build the audience first and you would have those conversations with people by inviting them on. If you have a vague idea of the kind of client you want to work with and the problem you want to solve, maybe it's a great idea of doing that research to validate an offer or at least the idea that you have so that you then have a pre-built audience. But again, people don't want to do it because they, they kind of want well, it there ready made. You got to be able to invest. And so you're, you're going to invest one of three things. You're probably going to invest some of all three. You're going to invest time. You're going to invest energy and you're going to invest money. Okay. And you're either going to invest more money to buy time, someone else's time so that you invest less time. You're going to invest more time if you don't have money. Um, you know, and yeah, so podcasts can work really well from that standpoint. I mean, to make connections and, and do that sort of thing. Um, you know, but you, you got to make sure you've got a strategy going into it and that you know what the end game is for that. If it's just to do it to try and build an audience, this is a really hard way to build an audience. Um, if, if I were in it to build the, like a big following, I, I wouldn't do a podcast. I'd do something different. Um, I'd probably build an email list and, and drive, you know, use ads to drive to that. Um, because it's just going to be faster and, and more effective and, um, and get you more people. Uh, getting listeners for a podcast is difficult. Yeah. Um, but it's not necessarily that the power of a podcast, I don't think, is necessarily in, well, certainly not for me. I mean, I, I love the fact that I have a listenership, but I'm not going out there trying to 
build a huge audience on the on you know for this podcast because that's not for me where the real value is and also for the you know for the guests that I have on because it's about the connections and the relationships that you build it's you know maybe after this I'll be able to introduce you to someone and, and it will benefit you and, and maybe it'll work the other way around. And I had a, another guest on, uh, on, on, the, on, the, on the podcast a little while ago, Matt Johnson, and he describes podcasting as the new networking. It is. That, that it very much is. That, but we see so many people get it confused. They think it's about building the big audience of listenership. It's really about the small audience, the people that you interview. I get the question, well, how do I get sponsorship? I'm like, oh, yeah, don't. I wrote an article on that on our uh, website um, about a month ago. The the numbers on sponsorships are, they'll make you cry. Like you have to get to the point where you've got 50 to 100,000 listeners to make, you know, barely a six figure salary mm-hmm. out of sponsorships. That's a lot of work. You know, I don't think people understand to get to that, uh, not listeners to that many monthly downloads. That is a ton of work. Because you can't game the the algorithm in in iTunes, for example, or anything like that. You know, no, people think or, or, or claim that they can, and they'll 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 you know sell you sell you the snake oil um, for a pretty penny to to sort of say that you can do that, but you can't. Well, and and to to the point uh, that it'll take you a year to get to six figures. Well, if you've got a really great offer, or at least you have an idea of who you can help, and they have a really big expensive problem, and and you can help them, and you go and interview those people and get them on. And you do 52 of those, you do a weekly podcast, you've met 52 people. You know, for a lot of us in service businesses, a good contract is six figures. You know, um, in my first business, we'd, we'd be doing contracts at five, six, and seven figures. So we just needed to talk to the right small number of people that, and build relationship with them that would create all of the, you know, the revenue that we needed. Um, and so, yeah, I think doing it, uh, you know, the internet marketing stuff is great if you're selling products and you're selling stuff that's easy for people to buy. But when you're selling something that is hard for them to understand is in, and is completely intangible, internet marketing is great because you can stay in touch in a scaled way and you can interact like through a podcast. So if somebody listening to this, it's, it's as if we're having this conversation at a cocktail party or something and they're standing right over here. Well, you did. You did mention uh, Samuel Adams' beer, so I, I <laughs> right. <laughs> I am thinking. Well, where it. you are, it's probably t- the right time of day for that. It's still before noon here, but uh, <laughs> but you know, it's they're having that kind of experience, or so they're they're feeling like they're in this uh, discussion with us, so we can build really deep relationship with somebody who might listen to that if we get the right handful of people to listen to it. Um, so it's useful in that kind of sense. But the idea that I'm going to go get 100,000 people and all of a sudden, I'm, you know, it's going to create this tremendous consulting, you know, business. Um, you can do it that way. There are examples of people doing it that way. It's just the harder way to do it. But it also break most people's business. Um, if suddenly yeah. you had an influx of you know, even even five clients a month could break somebody's business um, if they don't have the infrastructure behind them to be able to deliver and keep the quality at the, the high level. So, yeah, it's, it's about quality not necessarily quantity in this game, especially if you are a service provider. And yeah, I know the way that you sort of uh, describe it is you use the, uh, the the kind of Chet Holmes Dream 100 example, uh, which if you don't know um, what that is, Google it and, and thank Steve and me later for doing so because <laughs> yes. it is a fantastic way of, 
the way I liken it is, is, is imagine if you have your dream 100, your target 100, and it's not going to work like this every time in that you're not going to get every single person on that list. But these are your ideal clients that you know have the problem that you solve and you, you can genuinely solve it for them. And you got 100 of those to come onto a, a podcast. That's nearly two years of high quality conversations with ideal prospects for two years. I don't know how much that is worth to uh, anyone's uh, business listening, but I, uh, to me, that's worth a lot. And I'm sure that is to, to Steve as well. So if, if you're ever sort of considering, well, I, I like the idea of a podcast, but I don't really understand where the value is. Just think about it in those terms. And then maybe you'll start to see where, <laughs> maybe you'll start to think, actually, this is what, uh, this is the tactic that I want to master because that makes sense to me. So, um, yeah. Adam, can we share something with folks that are that are listening? Uh, as long as it's uh, uh, as long as it's not anything rude, Steve. Of course you can. <laughs> no, 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 no. I want to give them something. Yeah, um, sure. So we've been talking about the this podcast approach, um, and I, I wrote a book about it last year called The Exponential Network Strategy. So uh, why don't we do this? Why don't we set up a page just for your listeners on our site? We'll have it up later today. They'll be able to go and. Uh, you know, and, and download the book there. And so we'll give them the ebook, we'll give them the audio version, and I actually have a video uh, version. So however you like to do it. Um, if you want the paperback, you can get that on Amazon for about 10 bucks and they'll ship it to you. But um, but happy to give away the, the others. That would be um, fantastic. And by the way, I, I have uh, seen that and I have read it and I have seen it and, and it's fantastic. Well, and that'll give everybody It'll give them all the details. So we've talked about this in a lot of different ways and we've jumped around a little bit, but it'll give them kind of a systematic way to understand this if, it, if they think it's something that's a fit. So if they go to unstoppableceo.net slash fish, F-I-S-H, so unstoppableceo.net slash fish, they'll be able to get it there. We'll have it up in the next couple hours. Great. And I'll put that in the show notes as well. And and I also know that you have a um, a uh, uh, well, a, pr- a presentation, don't you, on, on pro- uh, podcast prospecting, if that would yes. be something as well that maybe people would like to go and have a look at just to, again, yeah. if, you're, if you're not a reader, maybe just go and, and, and have a look at all of this. Yeah, we'll link to that also on that page. Okay, great stuff. Well, um, Steve, I could talk about this for another couple of days, but um, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I kind of fa- fancy that beer now. So um, it is getting to that point of the day. And uh, yeah, while you can't have beer on your, your cornflakes, I'm sure, um, over there, um, at least it's late in the day for me here. So I might be able to uh, uh, justify one. So Steve, it's been an absolute pleasure. I knew this would be a, a conversation that I'd enjoy having. I hope you have too. And I hope that everybody listening has uh, enjoyed it as well. So um, thank you ever so much for coming on the show. Uh, Adam, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. This has been a blast. And uh, I hope everybody got benefit out of it. Please uh Right into Adam, let him know that you're getting benefit from his show. He's doing, you're doing just a phenomenal job. I went back and it's now on my iPhone and listened to a bunch of episodes and you got great stuff. So keep going. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, make sure you check out Steve's website, which is unstoppableceo.net. Is that right? That's correct. Yep. Yeah. If you want to find out literally, if you want to bypass it all and, and, and just have someone come in and, uh, you know, do all this, um, uh, yeah, the, the podcast, because basically what Steve does, his, his team allows you to have a marketing uh, system in your business where all you do is turn up once a week and have a great conversation with a guest. That's the goal. That to me is pretty, pretty good. So yeah, if that sounds of interest to you, definitely check out his um, uh, 
uh, website and uh, check out the um, the, the book and the uh, the podcast prospecting uh, training. So um, yeah, Steve, again, thank you ever so much. And uh, all that's left to say at the end is happy fishing. Thanks so much for tuning into the show today. I know there are a lot of podcasts you could be listening to, but you've chosen this one and I'm truly grateful for that. And if you've enjoyed this week's episode, I'd love if you could just take a few quick minutes to share your thoughts and leave an honest rating review for the show over on iTunes. It's not only important for helping others discover the show, but I also read each and every submission personally, and they really do mean the world to me. So thanks very much in advance and happy fishing.